TGIF, thank God I'm forgiven. Ah, you thought I was going to say, thank God it's Friday. No. (laughs) When you live in a state of sanctifying grace, you can say TGIF Monday through Sunday. Thank God I'm forgiven. Uh, This is the Terry and Jesse Show. My name is Jesse Romero. I've got my partner, Paul Clay. He's filling in for Terry. He's doing out, uh, Terry's out doing some apostolic work as usual. Welcome, Paul. Just happy to be here filling in for the great Terry Barber. (laughs) (laughs) And he is a great man. Yeah, yeah. Got a lot of things to talk about today. We're going to be talking about uh, heroes and zeros. Those are uh, bold Catholic leaders in our society and failed Catholic leaders as well. We're also going to talk about the way big tech, more and more studies are showing that social media leads to eating disorders, depression, and suicide amongst teens. So that's something we definitely want to broach that topic. Also, we're going to end with some real good news. Most people don't realize that uh, the most influential person in the family to keep the kids in the faith is dad. So we'll talk about some studies that have been done over in Europe on the fact that if dad keeps the faith, uh, more of the kids will practice the faith as well. Mm. Just just want to mention a couple of uh, need-to-know items, then some good news items, and we'll get into the gospel today, and we'll go back and forth with Paul. So here's for your need-to-know file. A whopping 61% of Americans are financially hurting right now. CNBC reported on Monday that recent data from Lending Club shows 61% of all Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. That number includes 36% of those earning more than $200,000 per year. Now, as inflation continues its upward swings, consumers are finding it more difficult to manage spending and are eating into their savings as financial pressures mount. That's not good. Another need-to-know file for your need-to-know file. There's increased pro-abortion violence. CatholicVote.com has tracked the massive uptick in violence against pregnancy centers with 11 acts of violence in July and 31 acts uh, attacks, against, including firebombing, in June alone. Altogether, there have been about 62 pro-abortion attacks on pregnancy research centers since early May. These attacks have taken place in 26 states. In 2021, by comparison, there was only one such attack reported in the entire year. Now let's move on to some good news items. The health system is going to pay a settlement for a VAX mandate. Yep, an Illinois University system will pay the first settlement in the nation for a COVID-19 VAX mandate. The North Shore University Health System, based in Chicago, has agreed to pay more than 500 current and former healthcare workers a total of $10,337,500. The system will also change its policy to allow for religious exemptions requested from workers who will not submit to COVID-19 shots and hire back workers who were forced out of their job for not complying with the system's mandate. Praise so that's the Lord. A, yeah, that's a victory for us patriots, Paul, and people of faith. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I'll take I it. guess it uh, sounds like they lost a lawsuit, Jess. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. Here's one more good news item, then we'll go into today's gospel. <laughs> PayPal unfreezes funds after Governor DeSantis's move. Yep, the parental rights group Moms for Liberty announced Monday that Florida would crack down on woke banking. Moms for Liberty co-founder Tina Deskovich and PayPal 
or, or she said that PayPal had frozen the money last week. Governor DeSantis last Wednesday said he directed officials to make sure that they're not using political factors when investing the state's money. So hmm, all of a sudden, DeSantis uh, moves uh, and makes a, a speech, and PayPal unfreezes their funds. Very interesting. Well, that's a good news item for people of faith and patriots, Paul. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was thinking about what you said about Americans living paycheck to paycheck, Jess, and just how, how bad things are getting out there. Um, I read a recent article by a guy named uh, Michael Hudson, and he talked about the tale of two capitalisms. One was... Um, uh, one was industrial capitalism and the other one was um, finance capitalism. And finance capitalism is the model and the structure that we have been using here in the U.S., which is essentially uh, an extension of uh, neoliberal politics that bankrupt the country, Jess. So mm-hmm. essentially, you know, it moves us more towards um, the economic uh uh, forum uh, was Hans Schwab, right? Uh, he said, uh, World Economic Forum. Yeah, the World Economic Forum. He says, uh, You will own nothing and you will be happy. Essentially, we're being gutted. You know, we're losing all our industry and we've become a nation of consumers, and the American people are paying the, paying the price. Yeah, uh, you're right, Paul. Uh, and uh, it, it looks like the wheels are coming off the wagon. Uh, we need somebody with different ideas. Joe Biden mm-hmm. is a uh, 50 years of, of failed policies. He's a 50-year failed politician. We we need a changing of the guard up there. Yeah, and uh, it, it's a shame that so many people were uh, bamboozled uh, for those that did vote for him and just continue to be bamboozled. I mean, if you've run into people who, uh, you know, uh, 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 hardcore Democrats, for lack of a better word, yeah, right. uh, yep. they will defend uh, or, or just ignore some of the issues and explain it away. And uh, that, to me, you know, is a head scratcher. When you know, when Trump was the president, the economy uh, was was just so great. Uh, America was uh, winning in so many different arenas. Yes, and they hated him. I mean, they literally hated him and they hate him to this day. And the only thing we can chalk that up is that Donald Trump is a nationalist and he does not fit into the globalist model. He is not one. Uh, uh, the, the people that hold the powers, uh, the le- the levers of power in the world today are, are all. Yeah. And they're pushing us toward globalism. And that's that sets up the reign of the Antichrist, by the way. But well, that'll be for another day. Hey, let's do some soul food right now, Paul. Food for the soul. Today's gospel, Matthew chapter 19, verses 3 and 12. Today's holy gospel. Speak, Lord, your servants are listening. Some Pharisees approached Jesus and tested him, saying, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for, an, for, uh, for any cause, whatever? He said in reply, Have you not read that from the beginning the Creator made them male and female, and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, man must not separate. One comment I want to make there. I don't care what the Supreme Court says or any country says or any government. This is, a, this is the norm for marriage right here. Man and woman uh, joined together un, un, under God till death do us part. It doesn't matter what the Supreme Court says. Supreme Court has been wrong before and they were wrong, they were wrong on the Oberfeld decision. We continue. 
They said to Jesus, Then why did Moses command that the man give a woman a bill of divorce and dismiss her? He said to them, Because of the hardness of your hearts. Just like America right now. Half of America, hardness of hearts. Moses allowed you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. I say to you that whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, and marries another commits adultery. His disciples said to him, If that is the case of a man with his wife, it is better not to marry. He answered, Not all can accept this word, but only those to whom to whom that is granted. Some are incapable of marriage because they were born so. Okay? I mean, birth defects. Some uh, uh, because they were made so by others. Some people have been castrated by others. Some because they have renounced marriage for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. You've got a lot of Old Testament prophets, John the Baptist, Catholic priests, Catholic nuns. Uh, they fall into that category. Whoever can accept this ought to accept it, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Praise Lord, Jesus to you Christ. Lord Jesus Christ. I only got one comment here. Uh, the Catholic uh, religion is the only religion in the world that does not accept divorce. The only one. Every other religion, Islam, Protestantism, Judaism, every, every religion accepts divorce except Catholicism. Now, Catholicism does have, uh, because of the authority that Christ gave the church, it's called an annulment. What an annulment is not a church divorce. An annulment is when the church examines a, a, a marriage to see if there was a sacramental basis for it. Uh, and to see if there was also a defect in the consent. And if the church can see that there was not the sacramental form was lacking, A, or B, if there was a defect in the consent... Then the church says, well, this, it, it, that was null and void. That was bogus. That was not a sacramental marriage unto God. So that's mm-hmm. not a church divorce. That's an annulment where the church, by the authority given to her by Christ, and, and, and based on the information provided, has rendered that no sacramental marriage ever took place. So the church is just uh, making it null and void. Now, that doesn't mean that the children, people say, what about the kids? That has no bearing on the children. Children or a gift from God, they're a blessing from the Lord. Blessed is a man whose quiver is full. That has no... Whether a woman come, a baby comes in through a, a fornication, rape, uh, orgies, it doesn't matter. Children are always wanted and coveted by God, and they're always a blessing by God, no matter how they come into this world. Paul? Yeah, well, what does have a bearing on the children is the failed marriage. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, on a human yeah, level, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I got to tell you, uh, I'm exhibit number one. Um, I was uh, previously married or uh, in a, uh, you know, uh, not under the church, obviously. I was a baptized Catholic. Uh, my uh, ex-wife was a baptized Catholic, and we got married outside of the Catholic Church. Um was later found that no that marriage is not a valid marriage why because uh marriage has to be uh from two baptized catholics must be done in the church we'll get back to that proper form it's all proper form jesus nine uh and terry jesse show excuse me paul clay jess romero we'll be right back Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. The Terry and Jesse Show, today's gospel talks about our Lord Jesus Christ thunderously says, uh, no divorce. And the Catholic Church is really the only religion on planet Earth that, that holds to that position 
Protestants caved in a long time ago in that position like they have in other moral issues. Paul knows about this because Paul's been through it. Paul was uh, born and raised Catholic, and so was his uh, ex-wife. And so he knows about the annulment process, and he knows he knows how it works from having to fill out that long form, which is probably very painful. Paul? Yeah, Jess, uh, I, I just got to tell you that... Uh, um, yeah, when I when I listen to this gospel, it, uh, I just want to talk about uh, you know the uh, the damaging uh, psychological and emotional effects that uh, failed relationships have. You see, God's laws, Jess, as you know, they're designed to protect us. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes we can view them as, oh, you know, God is, you know, it's just too restrictive. Uh, you know, God is, you know, really, you know, essentially ruining my fun or, or, mm-hmm. or you know, limiting my ability to do what I want to do. But in reality, God, God knows so much more <laughs> than we do. And uh, when I look back on my uh, failed marriage and I see what my children endured, uh it was terrible. And, it, it, you know, so when I got married, I, you know, obviously I, I, I was ignorant uh, to the beautiful doctrine, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, of marriage that the Catholic Church holds. So much so that I, being a baptized Catholic who didn't know my faith, you know, we got married outside of the Catholic Church because we were convinced, I would like to say bamboozled, <laughs> mm-hmm. into, into thinking that the church... Um, uh, was off the track. And uh, so many people have fallen into this, Jess. And uh, I just want you to know that, uh, you know, there is hope. Uh, there is, uh, you know, when, when you come to the fullness of the faith, when you embrace the truth of the Catholic faith, uh, y- you know, everybody knows no marriage is perfect. Every marriage is difficult. We have to, you know, we have difficult things we have to deal with every single day, but it's just uh, a breath of fresh air to know that I am married and I am married and united to this person uh, for life. Uh, It just, uh, uh, you can't improve upon what God has done. And when you see the destructive effects that are taking place, particularly in this country, but obviously worldwide, we know that God's wisdom, uh, again, once again, shows us that God knows and we don't. <laughs> Amen. Paul, in that, in that one passage in today's gospel where our Lord tells the, the Jewish people, he says, well, the reason uh, Moses allowed you guys to divorce is because of the hardness of your hearts. Yep. I read a commentary uh, well, years ago. Uh, it said that what the what the Israelites were doing because they're saying, "Oh man, okay, so we can divorce our wife. All right, uh, I'll tell you what, uh, I'm going to kill her." So all these Israelite women uh, didn't wake up in the morning; their heads were bashed in with rocks. They were dead, and so Moses saw this mass killing of wives because these men were lusting for younger women. They wanted a new model. They wanted the trophy wife. And so this is why Moses gave a concession back in 1300 BC. He says, okay, okay, you can, you can divorce your wife. He only did it to protect Israelite women whose who skulls were getting crushed in the middle of the night. Unbelievable. Yeah. So well, that's the reference to the God allowed this because of the, uh, uh, no, our Lord says, Moses allowed this because of the hardness of your hearts. That's the context of that sentence. What about the thou shall not murder? 
Jess, what about that law? I don't, you know, there's such a disconnect. I mean, I, you listen to this stuff and it's almost like it, it seems so unreal. But the reality is, is we know that people, uh, you, you said it before and I'll say it again. Sin makes you stupid. stupid. Yeah. And, you and get, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Jess. We're going to talk about some smart and stupid people next, Paul. Heroes and zeros in our Catholic leadership. Let me do the first one here. Uh, Reverend Thomas Olmsted, after 18 years leading the Phoenix Diocese, Bishop Olmsted retired this month, leaving a legacy of courage, fidelity, and fatherly love. From the start of his episcopacy, he was known for praying publicly outside of Planned Parenthood, where he offered rosaries every year on Christmas Eve and Good Friday. His public witness inspired, including Myra Rodriguez, a young abortion clinic director for Planned Parenthood, who subsequently left Planned Parenthood, reconciled with the Catholic Church, and now fights to make abortion unthinkable. Uh, she said, looking out the window twice a year, you know, seeing Bishop Olmsted with a rosary outside my my window, that Praise convicted God. me, yeah, year after year. Uh, Bishop Olmsted has also supported 40 Days for Life from its inception, as well as the Knights of Columbus uh, drive to put an ultrasound machine in every pregnancy resource center, his writings, homilies, and presentations fearlessly proclaim the gospel of life to his flock. But he's best remembered for his humility, his devotion to prayer, and his love. He's also very open to the Latin Mass. He's opened up two FSSP parishes out here. He even goes to the SSPX parish. He has a relationship with those priests. He goes and talks with them. And uh, and uh, they sit down and they have they break bread together. He's one of the only bishops in the U.S. that I know that goes and actually talks to the SSPX priests. Uh, Bishop, Bishop Olmsted eschewed the diocese's lavish bishop's residence for a small room in the cathedral rectory and is known for his genuine friendships with everyone from his fellow bishops to his maintenance staff. We wish him a blessed retirement and we ask for his prayers. Paul, who's the next hero? Yeah, Justin, and I'm glad you were able to do Bishop Olmsted because I know he's near and dear to your heart. Yeah. I've heard you say before, uh, uh, yeah, you were like a, a son to him. You felt like a son to him. And uh, it's it's nice when we can lift up our fathers in the faith and, and just admire them. And I know you have a lot of uh, admiration for Bishop Olmsted. Uh, Matt Burke, candidate for lieutenant governor, Minnesota. Following the Dobbs decision in June, Matt Burke, former NFL center for the Vikings and candidate for lieutenant governor of Minnesota, spoke at a national right to life event. He, uh, he surprised, uh, no surprises there, right? But uh, he has been outspoken in defense of the unborn and women's dignity for decades. Pro-abortion operatives outed his remarks on social media in mid-July, prompting uh, scathing ad hominem attacks. His measured but firm response was perfect. Our culture tells women they need to look a certain way and they, and they should focus on their careers. They tell women it's either or. You can have a career or you can be a mother. It's either or, Jess. That's what they say, right? You can have a career or be your mother. Pick one. Yeah. Uh, why don't we uplift both those things? I don't think we promote motherhood enough. It's a beautiful institution. Bottom line, he scored a touchdown for human life and dignity of women. Here's a man, Jess, who, you know, he wasn't afraid to speak the truth in love. And he used that 
that Catholic example that, you know, uh, you know, and I learned this when I was uh, looking at uh, studying my my Catholic uh, the- theology. And you taught me this. Uh, you said, Paul, most times in Protestantism, they want to give you an either or uh, choice. But that's not always the case. Sometimes it's both and. And in this case, it's both end, you know, uh, you know, our, the, the, our enemies want to just box us into a, a corner. And the reality is, is that both can be true. Yes, both have dignity. Another hero, Bishop David Ricken, this month, the Diocese of Green Bay, Wisconsin, added a clause to its education policy manual for their schools, reaffirming natural law and church teaching on sexuality in the schools there in Green Bay, Wisconsin. The policy notes, quote, the church teaches that our identities as male and female are part of God's good design and creation, that our bodies and sexual identities are gifts from God, and that we should, we should accept and care for our bodies as they were created. To that end, students and faculty in diocesan schools are now required to use pronouns and wear clothing consistent with their biological sexes. For defending children and families from transgender ideology, we salute Bishop David L. Ricken. He led his diocese with true courage. Mm. Mm. Well, let's let we we you know we got a couple of zeros. Let's go right to the main zero here. Let me go right to the main zero. Who's a <laughs> heroes and zeros? By the way, is put out by Catholic Vote. It tells you the the heroes in the Catholic faith of the month, and those that are aren't. Uh, I'll just mention their names. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to just read what they did. Uh, here's the zeros of the month for the Catholics: Congressman Woman Carolyn Maloney, Senator Bob Menendez. Uh, President of Catholics for Free Choice, which is a basically a front group from by George Soros, her, President uh, Jamie Manson, probably a radical feminist, and Governor Laura Kelly, Kansas. Uh, here's the sub-zero section. On July 19th, a majority of Catholics in the House of Reps, 93 out of 129 members, voted to pass the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. This bill stands in total opposition not only to the Catholic faith, but to basic American principles of freedom and religious liberty. The names of the Catholic members of Congress who voted in favor of the codification of gay marriage are listed here. Just click on the link on the article that, that we're posting, and you can click and see which Catholic uh, congressman caved in. Catholics and their allies must not merely stand by and hope this bill dies in the Senate. Write to your senators today. Paul, this is why our Lord Jesus Christ says, when the Son of Man comes back to the earth, will he even find faith? And he also says, many are called, few are chosen. You can just see the example of just like on the macro level on Catholic politicians, I can tell you this, very few of them are walking in the spirit, living in a state of grace and following the Lord Jesus Christ. Very few. Yeah. And, you know, they've all gone hook, line and sinker for this false idea of separation of church and state, which has never been the historic uh, Catholic church's view. And, uh, you know, God has ordained societies and he has ordained for us to have leaders just over society. And those leaders are supposed to, like a coach on a football team, be leading the people toward the goal. And we all know that the goal is heaven. Okay. And so for, for a Catholic, there's no uh, this is my secular job, but I go to church on Sunday. Uh, we take our Catholic mind, body, and soul with us to work, and we strive to bring about the kingdom of God on earth. This is what Catholics are called to do, to proclaim the, the good news of the gospel to a 
culture of death. Paul, and, and uh, these senators and congressmen are going to have more to, more to answer for at their exit interview in their particular judgment in front of the Lord Jesus Christ tribunal. No because doubt. Because they were given much power. To, to much has been given, much will be expected. They could have used their political power. They could have wielded their political power and influenced people for the culture of life and the gospel of Jesus Christ. But instead, Paul, they lived lives of cowardice, and they, li- they basically sold out to Big Pharma, Big Tech, George Soros, uh, you know, Bill Gates, and all the globalists. Uh, yeah, they, they don't understand, Just For every action, there's a reaction, cause, effect. So when they fail to take a stand, uh, uh, you know, our, our, our bishops, when they fail to speak out on the evils, the faithful, uh, at, at, on a bare minimum, say, well, you know, it must not be wrong. And so when you see, uh, as, as the faithful fan out in society, you see the effects. That's right. Uh, they're scandalizing the little ones. And Jesus says, if you scandalize the little ones, throw yourself off a bridge of the 100-pound rock. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about the way uh, uh, social media causes depression. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Victims of Instagram meta faces novel legal threat over teen suicides. By the way, the, the, the word meta means beyond. It's a Greek word, beyond. So I guess it's, this is a company. Meta is a company, and they're facing a, storms of, a storm of lawsuits over Instagram's effects on teenagers. Meta is facing a fresh storm of lawsuits that blame Instagram for eating disorders, depression, and even suicides among children and teens. Doesn't surprise me. And experts say the suits are using a novel argument that could pose a threat to Mark Zuckerberg's social media empire. The suits, which are full of disturbing... Uh, that's right. Uh, yeah, Facebook changed their name to Meta now, Paul. That's it. That's very, they call themselves... Facebook calls themselves Meta now. So it's, mm. the same, it's the same character as Zuckerberg. The suits, which are full of disturbing stories of teens being barraged by Instagram posts promoting anorexia, self-harm, and suicide rely heavily on leaks by whistleblower Francis Hagen, who last year exposed internal meta documents showing that Instagram makes body image issues and other mental health problems worse for many teenagers. The leaks provide proof that meta was well aware its products were hurting children, but chose to put growth and profits over safety, Mm. lawsuit claims. Some of the suits also named Snapchat and TikTok, which the plaintiffs argue have also pushed addictive products despite knowing the deadly downsides. In what universe can a company have a product that directs this kind of vile filth, this dangerous content to kids, and get away with it, said Matthew Bergman, the founder of Social Media Victims Law Center, which has filed more than a, than a half a dozen lawsuits. These products are causing grievous harm to our kids. Paul? Yeah. Uh, you, you asked the question, Jess, in what universe? Hmm. In, the, in this universe. <laughs> yeah. In this fallen state that we're in. That's, that's, that's how they yeah. get away with this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Jess, uh, the harm, the harm that's being unleashed, they love money more than they love people 
Yeah, uh, that's exactly it. Uh, where's it going to end? Where's the protection? Just uh, our government right now protects them from lawsuits. These people should be the least people who are protected because they are literally making money off of uh, destroyed lives. Yeah, and 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 our government right now, Paul, it, 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 you should just call it the Department of Injustice. It's not the Department of Justice. They take they uh, they coddle to the criminal and, and and like again people like big pharma, big tech, these people that are committing crimes on a massive level with their billions of dollars and they're destroying lives. But the little guy, you and I, they just hired eighty seven thousand new IRS agents and they, they're going to arm them with guns with with uh, with rifles. Yeah. Uh, for yeah. what? They're not going to go after Mark Zuckerberg. Trust me, they're going to go after people like you and I that yeah. uh, are patriots, yeah. people of faith and conservatives. Yeah, we've already saw that uh, the, R the IRS has been uh, weaponized toward Republicans in the Obama administration. So uh, this is, uh, you know, and, and they're so bold today, Jess, in the, in the things that they're doing. They don't care. They feel like they are impervious to yep. any criticism. What are you going to do? That's basically yeah. what I say. What are Conti you going to do? Yeah, continue with the article section 230. Bergman faces an uphill battle due to Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, a law that has largely protected social media companies, is what I was saying, from similar litigation. But Bergman also has a novel legal strategy based on Hogan's leaks that the families he represents hope will force Meta to change its ways. Uh, we can only hope. Meta, Meta and each... And, and other tech companies have fought off lawsuits for years using Section 230, which was intended to preserve Internet users' free speech by preventing web platforms from being held legally liable for content posted by third parties. Meanwhile, Jess, they are censoring, you know, uh, the free speech. So therefore, they should not have this protection. Exactly. Okay? Yeah. But Bergman argues that the problem with Instagram is not just that third parties post harmful content on the app. It's that Instagram's design can intentionally root vulnerable users towards such content as detailed by, by the leaks. Therefore, he argues, the company shouldn't be protected by Section 230. Sounds reasonable to me. Yep. It's our belief that when you attack the platform as a product, that that's different than Section 230, Bergman said. 230 has been a barrier, and it's something we take seriously, and we believe we have a viable legal theory to get around it. You know, Jess? I hope he's right. I hope he's right, and I hope he's successful. But yeah. here's, the rea here's the reality of the situation. If we take back the Senate and the House, uh, you know, and the presidency one day, uh, if that if that should occur, I think we need to change the legislation uh, yeah, on this right now. Let's get rid of two thirty. Let's remove this protection and let's uh, because if the if that happens, you're going to see. Uh, 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 you know, this this whole idea with, you know, uh, how they've been harnessed to censor uh, any kind of political opposition, anything said by anybody, they just basically silence you, especially uh, the former president. Yeah. Or they even demonetize you. They say, hey, we don't support that. So we're not going to give you any money. I mean, you want to talk about a, 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 a tyrannical uh 
you know, overreach. This is like, uh, this we're is, look, we're looking at, we're living it right now, Paul. Yeah. And, 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 you know, and a lot of people say, well, it's just, you know, it's their business to have a right to do whatever they want. Social media is an important form of communication in 2022, Jess. Absolutely. Would you not agree? Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. And so, so how this gets around our freedom of speech or because they're a private company is just, in my opinion, um, uh, you know, the the political leaders, our political leaders, uh, shame on them for allowing this to go on. That's right. The uh, this guy, uh, Matthew Bergman, who's uh, filing these lawsuits, he says one lawsuit centers around a Louisiana girl named Anglin Roberts who committed suicide in 2020 at the age of 14. According to the lawsuit filed in July in San Francisco federal court, Anglin Roberts' parents had no idea the extent to which she was quietly being bombarded by Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok with harmful images and videos, including violent and disturbing content glorifying self-harm and suicide. The more Roberts, this England Roberts, this young little girl, interacted with such photos and videos, the more apps recommended similar content that kept her hooked in a vicious cycle. England Roberts started exchanging self-harm videos with her friends including one disturbing video in September 2019 of a woman hanging herself with an extension cord from a door, according to screenshots included in court papers. Anglin Roberts, who committed suicide at the age of 14, was allegedly barraged by violent and disturbing content glorifying self-harm and suicide on Instagram. Anglin Roberts became addicted to Instagram again after she was given her cell phone at 11 years old, her parents said. And in August 2020, Roberts appeared to imitate the video when she used an extension cord to hang herself from the door, her parents found her hours later and mm. she was rushed to the hospital. She was put on life support and dies day and died days later. So this young 14-year-old girl imitated something that she'd been seeing on social media. About a year after Robert's death, her father saw a report about Francis Hoggins' leaks about Instagram's harms. He subsequently searched his daughter's old phone and social media accounts and uncovered her posts and messages about suicide. And they're right there on the article if you want to take a look at them. They're they're dark and macabre. And all I could say is eternal rest granted to this young girl, O Lord. Let your perpetual light shine upon her. May England Roberts, the mercy of God, may she rest in peace. May Lord, Amen. May, may she ever see the mercy of Christ, we pray. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what a shame. Another again, I see this just as a, just another form of the diabolical attack on human beings, human beings, the family, our little ones. Uh, Satan is unleashed in this world with uh, and I can see, you know, there's a there's a, there's an anger there. There's a hatred there and it's a deep hatred. And uh, this is being acted out. In, in real world time, yeah. Uh, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. It says here uh, what became clear in, in September of 2021 is that England's death was the proximate cause of, of psychic injury caused by her addictive use of Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. The suit reads, sure. yeah. You know what, Paul? I, I think a lot of lawyers are going to use that language, and they're going to be able to prove it. Uh, that it causes psychic injury, all these bombarding young people with all these negative images all day long from their phone. And a lot of them are violent or sexually promiscuous. I think they're going to have a good argument saying that it causes psychic injury. I don't know how big tech's going to be able to, ha how they're going to be able to d d deflect from that.
Well, uh, I don't know either, but you know uh, what goes on in these courts sometimes. You know they, you know, cause cause me to scratch my head. So yeah, uh, I, again, we can only hope in the success of uh, of this. And and you're right. You know, my wife got her nails done yesterday, Jess, and she said you you wouldn't believe it. The the person doing her nails was so addicted to. I think she was on Instagram. She just kept. Uh, you know, her phone in hand the whole time as she's trying to do my wife's nails, you know, and we've all seen it. We've all seen yeah. uh, people walking down the street oblivious to traffic. You know, they're just so glued and engrossed to their phone. Um, uh, you know, uh, or they're, they're, face- in re- they're, they're in restaurants across from their, their partner, their spouse. And without saying a word. Yeah. Both of them are not talking. They're both are looking at their phone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is the danger. And it, and this is something that strikes at our humanity. And, and we, you know, we were created just to be social, you know, what I mean? uh, yeah, civilization. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Civilization is social. The family is social. Again, another diabolical attack to get us away from what God created us to be. That's no right. doubt. Paul, I wish uh, I wish Godspeed to all these people fighting lawsuits against the meta. Uh, I think they've got they've got good arguments. Uh, it is causing psychic injury to our children, yep. and uh, I think the proof is in the pudding. Well, up next, we're going to talk about uh, kids stay in church if dad goes to church. Let's take a look at that article. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call eight 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 five two six two one five one. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Let me share something with you, a little correction here from our high-information engineer, Richard. It's, uh, oh, I, they always say, oh, Catholic divorce. People really do need to understand that rather, that, that, that rather than annulment, which sounds like an undoing of marriage, it is a declaration of nullity. No valid sacramental marriage ever existed. That said... There can be no doubt that people have secured these declarations by lying. Men are infallible. God is not. Uh, yeah, God is infallible. So just because a tribunal makes a declaration of nullity, if there's fraud perpetrated before God, they are still married. And by this fraud, have condemned themselves to hell. A church tribunal declaration secured by fraud, they may get away with it on earth. They sure won't get away with it at the judgment. Thanks a lot, Rich. Good stuff. I want to talk about the importance of dad uh, practicing the faith. This has been studied uh, by many psychologists and sociologists, the power of father of a father practicing their faith. And uh, there's a good article here. It's called Kids Stay in Church if, If Dad Goes to Church. The Christian faith is currently in steep decline within Western society. This could perhaps coincide with the diminishing masculine roles among fathers within our culture. Fathers are often unfairly portrayed as oafs by the media who have little to say about their children about matters of faith and moral. Recent data suggests that fathers very much contribute to the spiritual future of their children. A father can teach their children to stay with the church simply by going to church on a regular basis. The numbers have demonstrated that if dad stays, the children stay. While it is certainly possible for only mom to raise children into a life of lasting faith, 
Studies show that the heirloom of religion rests on the father. Mm. Here's a study. A 1994 Swiss study gives insight to the trends among churchgoers. Regardless of religion, the study provided a wide range of family scenarios, providing data for a variety of family situations. What happens if the mother is practicing and the father is non-practicing? What happens if only the father is practicing? The results seem to suggest that children follow the example of dad. Here's what the study says. If both mom and dad go to church faithfully, 33% of their children will grow up to be regular attending patrons of the church. If only mom is taking the kids to church, only 2% of children will become lifelong churchgoers, while 37% will attend occasionally. An excess of 60% of her children will end up leaving the church. What happens if dad is active, but mom is not? Curiously, the numbers seem to go up. As previously stated, 33% of children remain when they witness both mom and dad going to church regularly. The number grows to 38% with an active dad and an occasionally active mom. It continues to go up to 44% when it's just dad taking the kids to church. Wow. Sum up the data. If dad does not attend regularly, only one in 50 of his children will remain in the church. Well, it makes sense to me, Jess. And, and it makes sense to me because the father is the spiritual head of the family. Yep. Okay. Ephesians 5.22. That's right. And so the world has rejected that on every level. But it doesn't, you know, uh, uh, like you said, this study bears it out that when the father alone is active uh, that is to say he's assuming his god-given role in his children's lives uh, it, it, it results in faith it results in uh vibrant stronger faiths uh, you know as compared to when uh you know the marriage is suffering you know some type of uh defect when it comes to divine uh uh decree what god has decreed in in, in sacred scripture anyway uh that, yeah, that's well, powerful and i'll tell and i'll tell you why we can see this this the 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 the, the, the examples from scripture are replete mm-hmm. about the faith comes to the dad through the patriarch i'll tell you for example when god was set on destroying sodom and gomorrah those two wicked cities over the uh the unnatural act of sodomy who was pleading to god to spare the cities it was abraham Mm-hmm. who was a righteous patriarch, he was pleading with God, and the Lord took his pleas seriously. The Lord took his pleas into account. Now we also see in the story of, of the flood, how did God save Noah's family? Through the patriarch, through the righteous and obedience of Noah. It, it doesn't say that his wife was righteous or that his family was righteous. We don't know that. But it does say Noah was a righteous patriarch in Genesis 6, 9 and 2 Peter 2, 5. So when the, the flood came... God saved the family through Noah. And, mm. uh, it, it, you know, we're called to be the Noahs and the Abrahams of our family. We're called to be that righteous family member standing in the gap like Moses between God and our family, praying for them and meriting grace for them as well. And then we also have another classic example in Joshua, who was Moses' successor. When, uh, you know, the Israelites are, uh, again, they're, they're choosing to, to, to worship the gods of the Gentiles, which we know are demons. Psalm 95 tells us the gods of the Gentiles are demons. Mm-hmm. And so Joshua, he draws the line in the sand against all the Israelites. 
And he says the very famous Joshua 24, 15. He says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You guys can go serve the gods of the Amorites. You guys can go serve the gods of the pagans. Not me, not as for me and my house. So we see this study comports with Scripture is that salvation comes through the patriarch. That's just the way God intended it. Yeah, patriarchy, as we know, clearly is under attack uh, in this culture and in this day and age. Even from a standpoint of they're attacking the founding fathers of this country, Jess. Uh, everything yeah. patriarch is being, uh, uh, is open season. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. You're right. and why, and why simply God is father. God has uh, uh, revealed himself to us as father. And uh, once again, the devil uh, is attacking fatherhood father uh yeah now uh, now don't get me wrong it, moms do play a role as well the article says of course. This. clearly mothers want to be present for the affirmation that is typically offered in most churches but families are also present knowing their attendance will honor their mother the mm-hmm. attendance difference between mother's day and father's day is telling either churches are less effective in affirming fathers or families believe christian fathers don't value their participation in worship services so what must be done Mothers do not despair. The building blocks of faith rest with you. Amen. Life science reports that loving mothers can help their babies develop larger brains and have a larger, greater capacity for learning, memorizing, and responding to stress. In fact, St. Paul tells us that Timothy was raised in the faith by his mother and grandmother Eunice in 1 Timothy mm-hmm. 1.5. They're the ones that discipled him. Yep. Then Augustine credits his mother, St. Monica, for his fervent prayer which ultimately led him away from paganism. And Jesus himself describes the beautiful qualities of mothers who, quote, gather their children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, Luke 13, 34. Mm-hmm. It's time to empower mothers and fathers to bravely stand up for the spiritual future of their children. Moms, do you, do you feel alone with the task? Find a father figure within your parish community. Perhaps it is a grandfather or uncle. Perhaps it's a youth minister or the pastor. Invite them over for dinner and allow your children to witness strong men in the faith. Text your husband a good Catholic podcast to listen to. Inconspicuously leave him a book for him in the bathroom. As for the Catholic Church's part, she's always stressed the importance of both man, and, both mom and dad bringing up their children in the faith. When a couple, when a Catholic couple gets married, they declare before God that they will, quote, accept children lovingly from God and bring them up according to the law of Christ and his church. And the Catechism tells us in 2235, quote, Parents have the mission of teaching their children to pray and to discover their vocation as children of God. Amen. So pray that fathers have the courage to be a witness of faith to their children for good, or, for good or ill. They are ultimately the model of God for their family. And remember the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6, Train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And by the way, moms and grandmas could do that. We saw Timothy's mother and grandmother did that for Timothy, and he became the the great bishop to Crete in the first century. Yeah, and if you put that in them when they're young, Jess, uh, and even if they have a time where they're wayward, uh, we rest on sacred scripture that tells us that you know God causes all things to work together for good for those that love God, for those that are called according to His purposes. So yeah. it's possible to veer, you know. Uh, uh, off the path. Uh, many times we do that through life, but 
we have the assurance that, you know, when these principles, when these godly principles are instilled, when the, when the, when the indelible seal of baptism, when God's grace is poured out through the sacraments, uh, uh, there's always hope we can continue to pray and lift up our loved ones because it's not over until it's over. That's right. And there's a beautiful promise in Acts 16.31. You got the male soldier who asked Paul and Silas when the, the jail doors blew open by an act of God, a miraculous act of God. He's about to kill himself. He has a sword to his stomach. He says, oh, no, all these prisoners are going to escape. The, 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 the emperor is going to execute me. So he's about to kill himself. Paul and Silas confront him. And the, and the Roman soldier says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And Paul replied, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you and your family mm. shall be saved. So yes. notice the husband, the father, this Roman soldier, Paul tells them because of your faith, patriarch, you can merit the grace of salvation for your entire, entire family. And thus they all can be saved. There we see clearly in the Old and New Testament that the economy of grace flows to the family through the father yes and you know this guy must have his mind must have been blown jess because he was thinking man who in their right mind you know would be uh a, who's a person locked in a basically a dungeon possibly awaiting execution yeah who in their right mind would still be there knowing you know the torch the tortures that they use and deployed and yet Clearly, Paul and Silas, they, they valued spiritual life over physical life. That's right. That's a wrap. TGIF, thank God I'm forgiven, not thank God it's Friday. Hey, well, uh, thanks. Uh, thank you very much, family, for tuning in. You've been tuning in to the Terry and Jesse Show. We'll see you next, uh, next, next week, same Christ time, same Christ channel. God bless you. Keep the faith. And remember, pray a rosary. Go to Mass as often as possible. Yes. Read your Bible every day. Love the Lord Jesus Christ with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and be holy or die trying. God bless you. Keep the faith. We are EOW. End of watch.